0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Guiney Sports Pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. My name is Sean guyney and with me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Syk. How's it going, Josh? I'm
1: doing well, Sean. How are you?
0: Doing good. Doing good. All right. We got a lot to get to today. It's been, I don't know, like two weeks since the last episode. Um, we're back. We're back. We're finally to get going. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Celtics, two of my favorite players, have... Signed extensions. We'll talk about that. Plus, the Celtics signed another free agent. Surprising. Uh, then we get to the Patriots. The preseason is well underway. About to get into the final week, final preseason game against the Giants this coming Sunday. Um, they just played two games against the uh, what was it? Eagles and the Washington Football Team. Uh, those are two other preseason games. We'll talk about them. Uh, plus, Cam Newton apparently is in some type of covert protocol right now, where he can't be in the building until this Thursday. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, and then the Red Sox. Um, and whatever fucking downfall they're on right now, it's a bad one. Uh, they're now seven and a half back of the Rays for first place in the AL East. Uh, the second wildcard spot is theirs, though. Uh, and they're playing a game right now that was rained out yesterday because of the horrible hurricane that hit New England. Uh, they're playing that right now against the Rangers. They're up three to one, uh, so the game's probably going to end as we record the show right now. Uh, Chris Sale made his return two years later, uh, first time pitching in, in between two years. Uh, so we're going to talk about him. Uh, and then, as always, stuff on the internet two on the show, and that's the plan. But, as always, as we have before previous episodes, uh, we got the pizza review series going on. But before we get to that, Josh, I just want, like, your opinion on something, how you actually feel about this. So, during, I've been driving a lot. Been driving like two and a half hours a week, uh, to and from my home down here to the great state of Connecticut. Um, and when I'm driving, I just want to know if you like feel the same way. But when I'm driving, I usually get stuck behind someone or stuck near someone, and we drive like the same way for, I don't know, forty five minutes to an hour, and then we go separate ways. And during that time, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like a connection to this per- to this other person. Um, and, like, when we go our separate ways, I'm like, well, have a great life, dude. I'll probably never see you again. It, it's is it just me is it you?
1: It's funny you say that because every single time uh, me and my family go on vacation, my dad's driving, whatever, he always tries to find a travel buddy. And he, he sticks with that travel buddy. He merges when he merges. He goes the same speed. And then, obviously, like you say, we go our separate ways and it's, it's have a have a nice life. But, yeah, every single time, I guess – I didn't know that was a thing that other people did, but yeah. No, nope. my dad nope. does say that a lot. I
0: I'm right there with your dad. Apparently, I mean, it's just, it's just like this weird like little connection. I mean, it's not it's not, like it's just a little short thing, and it's, it it's different. It's different, and I mean, I like it. Like it's a fun funny little thing that we just that just happens. Um, and I don't know if like other drivers it's, like the same way. But, like, I mean, it's happened multiple times where I'm driving home like. Driving up through Hartford, well past in Hartford into, like, Massachusetts. Like, there's always one car that's next to me, in front of me, or behind me. And we just, like, travel together. So, yeah, I just to get, like, see if it's, like, not just me. And it's clearly not just me, so that's good to know.
1: But at the same time, Connecticut's, like, known for having notoriously bad drivers. Yeah. So I feel like the connection is sharing the pain of being stuck behind someone that's either driving slow or driving erratically.
0: Yeah, one of the first episodes um, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned how Massachusetts drivers are so bad, and how I almost died twice in like five minutes just from driving up there. Uh, and you told me how Connecticut drivers are notoriously bad, and I didn't know that, but it, it's been proven to me in the almost two months I've been down here in this state how bad some of these drivers really are. And it's bad. It's bad, more than, worse than I expected. Probably worse than Massachusetts drivers. Yeah. I know that there's a the stigma about us, but I guess I did not. I had no idea about Connecticut, no idea. So, yeah, just gonna add that to the negatives about Connecticut on the New England tier list. All right. Um, but one of the good things about Connecticut is you got New Haven pizza. Uh, I've hit up bar and Modern since the last episode. Um, I've done Sally's and Frank Pepe. Just a reminder, I gave Frank Pepe four and a half. I gave Sally's a four point three. I'm um, gonna start with Bar. I did that two weeks ago. Um, it was good. It was good. I don't remember much about it because it 'cause it'd been so long. But I know that it was like a just a simple Bar pizza. I finished it all in one night, um, and it was good. It, it tasted well. It tasted good. Um, everything held together. I liked it. it. It was a thin crust pizza. Really thin crust. Um, I'm going to give that a four. I'm going to give that a four. I kind of spoiled this stuff during the modern pizza review that bar pizza was going to finish fours, uh, and they are. Uh, they're going to give I'm giving them a straight up four. Um,
1: I'd, I'd it, say it that's fine. fair. Yeah. Out of, out of the, the main four spots, I feel like Bar is least known for their pizza, obviously, because they have a bar, which, yeah. is, which is pretty famous. that's part of New Haven Nightlife. Um, I've only gotten pizza from there one or one or two times, and I remember it being good. Obviously, just because it's New Haven style pizza, but nothing. It's it's. I wouldn't really rank it up there with the, the other three spots.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I walked in there, it was just a, it was just like a bar nightclub area. I mean, it's not it it probably isn't known as a pizza spot, but I mean, pizza it is good, uh, and it was good. So I'm gonna give them a four. They're not a pizza spot, but they're certain pizza. And it's good pizza. So that's all that matters, really. But this is going to be the one that's probably a little surprising, Josh. Modern. Modern pizza was so much better than I was expecting it to be. Like, out out of the four, it was the one that surprised me the most. I loved that pizza. It was literally so good. I mean, Frank Pepe and Sally's were just as good. But modern, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be that good. Uh, It held up together, although when I pulled the first uh, slice out during the review, uh, half the cheese came off of it, so that was a little disappointing. But overall, it was a great pizza, perfect crust. Everything about it just worked. Um, I didn't want to give any ties, but I'm giving Modern 4.3.
1: This is why I don't agree with your with your rating system. You have to go a full ten to get the, the odd decimals in there, and really give the audience a gauge of how the pizza is.
0: Yeah, Was
1: because it... we all know no pizzas are the same, and you can't really give a top
0: I know. I mean, that's. I'm just. I probably could have thought that through a little more about the whole rating system, going up to ten instead of just five. Um, it, it, it's just how it goes, and. I I disliked it. I liked it as much as Sally's. Sally's was really disappointing. Um, and Modern was far better, far better than I was expecting. And to not give him a four point three, I mean, I feel like that wasn't fair. So. So
1: what's your final four? Right?
0: So the final four goes first place Frank Pepe. Second tied for second is Sally's and Modern, and then a distant fourth is Bar. Um, See,
1: I could agree with that.
0: Yeah, I. I I probably should have gone the full 10. Um, I probably should if have gone still, the full okay, 10. Okay,
1: so if you did go the full 10, what would you give Sally's and what would you give Modern?
0: Um, I probably would have given Sally's, like, in... The Edge? Yes. Yes, but, like, just slightly. Just slightly. Um, because, I mean, it, overall, it... it taste it tasted better it tasted yeah. better i liked i i would say i'd prefer it over modern but i feel like i feel like the whole just surprise of how good modern was compared to the historic sally's and frank pepe i mean it, it, it deserved to be just as good as deserved to be just highly ranked as sally's um so yeah i would probably give sally's the edge over modern but really not by much like i'm talking like a one. Like maybe like Salas gets like a nine two, Martin gets like a nine one, um, okay, yeah, and Pepe like a nine four. So Pepe's is the unanimous one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Frank yeah. Pepe was insane, Fair. really good, really good. Um, yeah. So now, now that I've hit all four of them, um, I need dinner for a couple of days. So Josh, I'm wondering, giving this up to you. You mentioned this before, how there's other spots that you like just as much. And I'm thinking that let's continue this series as long as possible. So tell me one of your favorite spots. That's not one of the four that I've already hit up. And let's go. Let's do it.
1: I say that we should um, (coughs) Minervini's. Minervini's is probably uh, right up there. Pizza Grande and North Haven. There's there's I mean there's a lot of different spots that we could go on state in Worcester Street in New Haven, but we could also go to East Haven, West Haven, North Haven. Any of the havens really have good pizza. It's it's all Italians there, so
0: good. Um but what's what's like your favorite spot, not the four, that I've already hit up? Minervini's Minervini's? Alright, that's what I'm gonna be doing this week. Minervinis. Uh, pizza. I'm coming for you, you're getting your rating. And you know what? Effective this very second, the scale is going up to 10. Sure. So, uh, Pepe gained a 9-4, was it? Uh, Sally's 9-2, modern 9-1. And uh, Bar. I'll give him like a, I don't know, like an eight nine, eight eight, something like that. Um. Still fair. Yeah, just because. I mean, yeah, it probably should be going up to 10. And now that I'm expanding out of the four New Haven spots, I, say, I think that's the smart. And only thing to do so that's what we're going to be doing Minervini's uh this rating will be next week's episode uh the review will be out this week and i'm looking forward to it it's a little different i don't know what to expect because i don't know nothing about this place so i'm going in there with pretty much a completely dry mind about the place all right but in saying that uh pizza review the first four are done the big four are done and now we're going on to I don't know, the like specialty spots.
1: There's definitely a lot of spots that you could hit. I mean, there's there's mom and pop shops <clears throat> that that really make some good brick oven pizzas, and then there's pretty famous spots that aren't on the same level as the as the big four. So yeah, it should be good. Yeah, another thing I thought
0: of was modern was the fact that when I walked in, like I could see right into the kitchen, and I could see yeah. the big oven that they had in the big kitchen. Uh, literally a big tub of just cheese that they were just throwing on all the dough. Um, it, it the place looked legit, so I'm ha- I was more than satisfied in modern. But next week we got Minerini's. All right, let's get into the sports topics, and I'm going to start off with the Celtics and two of my my two favorite players on the Celtics, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, both getting contract extensions that day. More than deserve. Rob Williams getting a four-year, fifty-four million dollar deal. Marcus Smart, four years, seventy-seven million dollars. Both of these contracts going into effect after this upcoming season. And I'm, I'm I'm shocked. First off, with both of them, I really didn't expect them to be given out for Rob and to be that much for Smart. But I mean, either way, they're both deserving of these contract extensions. And I'm also just Wondering what really went on behind the scenes was Marcus Smart, especially because we heard how Danny Ainge was, especially when Kemba left, it, we heard how Danny Ainge was uh, Brad Stevens wasn't treating Marcus Smart like th- the same way as everyone else. Um, and Rob Williams, he's just been injury prone. And for him to get a contract extension this so far already this at this point in his career, where he hasn't even played a full season's worth of games, I mean, they're, they're, that, that's, that's a big gamble. That's a big gamble. Uh, but I, should, I just want to start off with Smart first. What's your first thoughts on the extension, Josh?
1: Oh, obviously I'm happy as a fan and just for Marcus Smart because he, he defines grit. There's really no real definition of grit. You could really just go by examples. But Marcus Smart is, is really a perfect picture of that. He his hustle is unmatched, and he's he's kind of what is he? He's the longest tenured Celtic now. Right? Yeah,
0: it's like seven yeah. years.
1: Um, and obviously we got him for four more years, and I think he's an integral part of the team. He makes the locker room good. He he makes the game go round, and and having him on the team for the next four years is definitely going to be good.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's what two time first team all defense. Um. The, the guy's an absolute stud. Like he is the third best player on the team for a reason. It's just uh, overall hustle and uh, emotion. He's an emotional player, and it's it's helpful. It really benefits the Celtics. He's a key piece to any championship team. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, he absolutely deserved his contract. And we heard there was rumblings that he could be like traded this off season. And now that he's signed the deal, he. He can't be traded for, I think, like a span of 60 days after the extension uh, was signed. Um, so, I mean, he's not going anywhere, at least this season. I don't uh, think... It might not even be 60 days. That, did, it that probably wasn't right.
1: the will from, with Brad Stevens and Marcus Smart were true because just a few months ago, when everything with Kemba was going on, everybody was saying that in practice, Brad favored Marcus Smart over Kemba, and then obviously the report, report just came out a few weeks ago that it was kind of the other way around so when it's like that you really don't know what to believe and I'm not going to believe that there was any ill will between the two obviously because he's the one that's still on the team and the one that just got re-signed
0: yeah um, but overall I mean he's just an absolute great player the guy holds the Celtics together he's, the, he's like a mold he just holds them together guy. The glue, yeah, he's the glue that holds it together. Um, great guy, great veteran leader. Uh, looking forward to the day that he gets his first ring with the Celtics. Uh, and what? This year. This year, let's go for it. I'll jump on that. I was so yeah. down. I'm so. I was so down the Celtics last season. I mean, let's jump. Let's start being positive uh, with them. Uh, two months before the season starts, I'm down to do that. Uh, But another guy who's going to get his first ring in a matter of months with the Celtics is Robert Williams. And he gets a four-year, $54 million extension. Uh, The guy's barely played a full season of games, but he's playing like an absolute stud. This guy is deserving of a contract. It was probably smart on the Celtics' behalf to get this contract done because that way if if this season he just blows up and becomes like a top-10 center in the league, I mean, you got him at cheap money already. So it was probably smart on the Celtics side to do that. But then again, if I'm Robert Williams, I'm also happy with this contract because now you're getting money that you more than wholeheartedly deserve. I mean, he was already making decent money on the rookie contract, which was like a total of $9 He's entering the final year of that. Then afterwards, his pay is getting bumped up a good couple million dollars uh, to the span of earning mi- uh, $54 million over a four-year uh, deal. Um, he's he's turn he's going to turn out to be something good. If the injuries, that's the one downside with the contract is the injury proneness. Was Robert Williams guys always hurt? Um, and so that that could be something that if the contract this was something that I was thinking about when I first heard about it. Um, if he does happen to like not live up to the contract, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. That it wouldn't hurt to try to trade him, and if you when you do try to trade him you could probably get another TPE out of that. And apparently TPEs are apparently becoming a big thing now with the Celtics after I've never heard them before. Now all of a sudden we got one from Fournier. Uh, That deal was reworked to get a TPE out of that, Uh, Kemba, and then the Gordon Hayward TPE. Like we got three TPEs in a matter of months when I had never heard of a TPE before. Um, And this could be another case where if he doesn't live up to the contract, he could end up being traded for a TPE, which would work which is something I'm not, I, would, I would be fine with if he doesn't pan out well. But, I mean, right now this is a great contract, uh, and I'm more than happy to see Rob here for the next four years.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think Rob is the future of the Celtics. He might not be Brad's key guy of, of spacing the floor, a big man that can space the floor and bang in the paint. But the one thing I like about uh, Rob is that he's a playmaker. When he touches the ball on an offensive possession – we're more than likely going to score. Whether I mean, his assist numbers don't really show it. He only averaged 1.8 this past year. But the offense runs through him at the free throw line in the low post. He can kick it out. He, he makes good decisions for such a young guy. And having him moving forward is definitely going to be big, especially with um, veterans like Al Horford and Enos Cantor, who both of them can space the floor. And then just pairing him with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is going to be something to behold the next few years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that was another freedom signing that the Celtics had. Uh they brought back Enith Cantor on like a one year veteran minimum veteran minimum deal, I think it was. Um but to see that duo back, I think Cantor actually helped Rob a lot during that one season together. Um, Cantor's been around for a long time. That's probably a little good veteran leadership. Plus now they get Al Horford back. I mean, this young center who just got his first big payday is now being like double teamed by two veterans. And that's good. And I'm happy to hear about that. Um, and that could, I mean, that could just turn out to be a really good thing. Veteran leadership, something I'm always big about. Um, and now the Celtics are getting one of their better, younger players, uh, two veteran guys to look up to. That's big. That's huge. That That's going to really help him down the road in his career, especially with the Celtics and if for some reason he's not on the Celtics it'll help guide him to that transition Um, but those two guys both deserving of their contracts and both I'm both extremely happy for both of them two of my favorite players Uh, another guy who came to the Celtics after missing out on his probably one and only big payday of his life uh, after declining what like a five year $85 million deal uh, Six, Dan, Dennis Schroeder signed with the Boston Celtics on a one year, $5.9 million deal uh, to play with the Celtics next season at point guard. Um, my thoughts are that I don't know why the Celtics made this deal. I think the point guard position is something that probably could have been a little bit overlooked this season uh, because you have, you obviously have Jason and Jalen. Uh, Smart could have done just fine there. Pritchard, especially, get Pritchard in there, the second year player. Uh, just see how he does it from time to time. And, I mean, sure, it's a small contract, but still, that money is it, – it could be valuable. It could have been valuable for another deal. Um, so I'm really not a fan of it, but we are making a face.
1: I, I See, I disagree with you. This contract is extremely undervalued. I'd say probably the top undervalued contract in the NBA. We all know Dennis Schroeder is worth more than $5.9 million, and – after this season, he's going to show us, and then he's going to go sign with another team for, I'd say, at least 45 to $50 million. Whether it be with us or with another team, I think he'll probably go somewhere else. But he he can give you 15 to 20 points every night. He, he's a very consistent player, probably not the best deep threat. I mean, he only shot 33% this past year with the Lakers. But his assist numbers are good, Is 7.5, 7.5. And he's good for, like I said, 15 to 20 points, whether it be starting or or off the bench. I don't know if Marcus Smart's going to start, but Probably. he's going to replace Kemba. He's going to give us 15 a night, and to, just to combo that with Jalen Jason, it's going to be big, especially for such a cheap option. You, I don't, you're, I don't think you're going to find another player like Dennis Schroeder for 5.9 million dollars or less. What would you have rather seen this money go to?
0: Nothing. I would have rather the Celtics not touch it, um, because you gotta look at next off season, and there's one, the one, there's one, dual. there's one player that is standing out. Yeah, and for <laughs> us to have not touched that money this year, uh, it would have like affected the, it would have positively affected the cap next year, uh, and how much space we have. Looking out then, I mean we could have. I mean, sure, it's only five million dollars or six million dollars, but
1: it's a one-year deal. We get the money back next year anyway.
0: I don't know, bro. I, for some reason, I just don't like this deal, and that it could have been probably used better. I mean, I don't know. I really have never been a fan of Schroeder. Getting back to when he was with the Hawks, I don't know. Just something. I liked him
1: on the Hawks. I really liked him on the Hawks.
0: Something about me, just I just it just turned me off to him because he then what went to the Sunder. Uh, yeah, Thunder. Lakers, was he with the Rockets for a bit? No, I don't think so. I think he was somewhere else, but something about me just, and Dennis Schroeder, I just don't like him as a player. Um,
1: I think you have to make the this, this signing just from a money standpoint and a value standpoint. I don't know.
0: Because, I mean, you also want to look at he's the young show,
1: He's going to show us why he's worth it. Really? Yeah, he's, he's going <sighs> to no, play a Kemba role, but without the Kemba hype. No, listen. He's going to play a Kemba role, but without the Kemba hype. So we're not going to expect him to do all that well, you know, just because it's a small-time signing. Not the same. His name doesn't hold the same weight as Kemba, and he's going to do the same thing that Kemba does. And when he does, we're going to be really surprised and really positive about it. Unlike with Kemba last year.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I just want to go on record right now and say I have some low. I have some low expectations for Dennis Schroeder.
1: I don't think a lot of people have high expectations, Yeah. but I think he's going to play more. I think he's going to play better than a $6 million man.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully he does because I mean, I want to see the Celtics do good, but to me, like I would have preferred seeing how well Pritchard could have done. Cause look at how he did in some really. Like,
1: yeah. Guy no, I was literally him. popping yeah, off. I will agree with you that it was kind of weird signing seeing as how many guards we have. Exactly. You know, we just got Chris Dunn in a deal uh Marcus Smart just got re signed, Payton Pritchard. We have a lot of guys that can that can play whether play guard, whether it be a shooting guard or a point guard and just handling the ball. Yeah. So but I think he's like I said, you have to make this deal. He's a bigger name and he's a better player than all those guys. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Peyton Pritchard taking a larger role, but if you can get veteran leadership and a good player at, at such a small price, you gotta take it.
0: Yeah. But I mean again, like with Pritchard, even if he doesn't do that well like you can share that position with, I don't know Chris Dunn um maybe sometimes Aaron Newsmith it 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 depends but the whole the whole the handful of guards that we have I mean it just didn't really make any sense to add to that list so it it's just a maybe I'm just confused by the deal that's why I don't like it but uh, No I'm kind it, of right there with you it I'm
1: definitely right there with you we have, we definitely have a lot of guards and there's going to be a, a cut down on minutes for, for some of the young guys like Pritchard, which kind of sucks because I think he could be a, a good player for us down the road. But exactly, this the shooter deal is only one year. I don't think he'll be back next year, so we'll see. Well, hopefully he's not
0: back because we got to think about yeah another no, gu- an, another see, they, guard out and the –
1: There comes I mean. to a point. There comes a point where you stop trying with with Dennis Schroeder or, or players like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've said this countless times just in the past five minutes, but you had you had to have made this deal, and I'm happy we did. All
0: right. Well, I'm. I think I'm just confused by it, and that's why I don't like it. But in any case, uh, welcome to Boston, I guess. All right. Um, that's it for the Celtics season starts up. The schedule has been released a little bit, that I know of. Um, We got Christmas Day game against Milwaukee. That's always fun. Uh, hopefully we don't get blown out this year. Uh, we got uh, a couple of games against the Nets that are notable. Um, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. KG, uh, KG's jersey retirement, March 13th against the Mavericks.
0: Yep, that was announced. I did. I guess that was supposed to be last season, but it's now this season. Oh really? I I guess so. I don't know why that. May, I don't know how or why, but uh, that's now this season. Uh, looking at the Red Sox. Uh, the game is now tied three to three. Was yep, into uh, extra horrible games. extra the horrible Texas Rangers? Um, yeah, if we're gonna get to we should we'll probably get to the Red Sox sooner than later, especially if they lose this game. But uh, let's switch gears now. get to the Patriots preseason, two weeks in, one week to go. Then we're into the regular season. I have not watched a second of live preseason action. Josh, have you? A uh, few drives. All right, Just good. I mean, that's more than me. The only thing I've seen is highlights on social media uh, from the game. So my whole judgment of the team so far is based on highlights. Um, disappointed in that, but uh, it's not my fault. But overall, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, Mack has looked incredibly good. Cam Newton has looked either good. either similar good. or better than last season.
1: This uh, past game against the Eagles, I saw a few drives of his, and he looked good. So, Yeah.
0: Um, the Eagles game. Let's let's just jump right into there for a bit. Um, looking at the stat sheet, we got Mac Jones going 13 for 19, 146 yards. J.J. Taylor, he had a good game. 12 carries, 96 yard, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, guy looks like he's more than likely going to make the team. Uh, he had 15 carries, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, I, want to start, I want to talk a little bit, though, about the running back room for just a bit uh, because, I mean, we have a lot. We probably have too many running backs. Uh, we got Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, J.J. Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, um, James White, we even got Brandon Bolden, even though he's never playing for the running back position. Um, but this position group, I mean, we've got a bunch of guys. We probably have too many guys, and all, not all of them are going to make the team. If I had to guess, I'd say that's J.J. Taylor to get cut. Sony Michelle will probably get cut,
1: but J.J. Yeah. J. Taylor. So was, I think we should. I think we should have traded Sony Michelle last year. I know he was, he was injured and his trade value was completely down. But at yeah. some point, you got to take your losses and just and cut ties with someone that's really not going to do it for you. Because Damien Harris is the running back of the future. He proved last year that he can be a three down back, and then James White. Improves the passing game out of the backfield. JJ Taylor and Ramondre Stevenson could just be backups whenever, whenever it's needed. It seems that Ramondre Stevenson is more of a fullback. I mean, he's he's got two touchdowns or two touchdowns last game, and they were all under five yards.
0: Yeah, and he had two touchdowns against the uh, Washington. He had ten carries for 127 yards in that game and two it's, touchdowns. Um, but with JJ Taylor, the way that I look at it is that he gets cut, but signed to the practice squad. And maybe the same will go for Ramon Stevenson. But one of those two guys, Taylor or Stevenson, they're going to get cut, signed to the practice squad, and pretty much being stashed away. That's how I, I look at it. They're going to get stashed to be saved for, it's almost like a redshirt year, like with Damien Harris uh, a couple of years ago, but instead of being just, where the hell is Damien Harris? We know, we'll know where these two guys are and they're on the practice squad. Um, and I mean, I think that makes a little sense. Because you, you're not gonna put him in with Damian Harris, who needs to start getting more experience under his belt. James White, who I mean, he's a dual threat receiver, running back, um, and Sony Michelle will probably be the one getting cut. But that's, how, that's I mean, that's how I look at the uh, running back position. I think that's like the only sensible option, really. Like you gotta you gotta you're gonna cut down that position group,
1: and it's gonna be ma- you're gonna be making moves that to be tough, but you got to think you you need a decent amount of running backs on your roster. JJ Taylor definitely gonna make the make the squad. I think the three running backs are definitely gonna make the squad. James White, JJ, or Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle. Yeah, that's completely agreeable, right? Oh yeah, but I feel like you have to have at least five running backs total. That's- four on the three on the sideline, four on the sideline. However many you run, run on the field, you should have at least five running backs on the field, sideline, whatever. Cause you need backups, you need there's a lot of guys that go into different schemes. And I feel like every single one of these guys has a different aspect that they can bring to the game. James White is passing, JJ Taylor's kind of shifty, fast guy, and Damian Harris is just your uh every down, three down back. And that's what Sonny Michelle was. And that's why I think we should move him instead of these younger guys. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: But, I mean, with me, like, I look at it as, like, not having five. Five, to me, is too much. I know it's not a big difference, but I'd say more of, like, four. You want to keep four on your roster. Um, Because, I mean, when you look at the running back group nowadays, the fullback position is pretty much being killed off. Patriots, like, one of the last teams to be using a fullback. Uh, And more than likely, that's, like, Brandon Bolden was, um, fuck, what was his name? He like just retired like two years ago. What was his name? Come on, Josh, you gotta help me. He was like no no he was named. He was a good name player, a fullback. Garrett Blunt. Not Blunt. You like almost never seen him. He had like the uh, shoulder pads for like the neck area, like it was pushed up. Jesus Christ, I'm not gonna remember his name and I should. Um all
1: right. Regardless. But I did yeah. see some there was a Bills player. He had five rushes. Three yards and two touchdowns in the preseason game. So hmm. fullbacks might be making a comeback. You know, it might, never know. It might be like the tight end position. We all thought that position was dying, and then guys with swag, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, they reinvigorated the position and now it's probably one of the most important spots in, in the NFL. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean to me like you the running back from is gonna get cut down a little bit. Um, and more than likely it could be Sony Michelle. Um, I think it will be. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I I think that's probably the safe option. And I was like, as the season went on last year, as the season ended last year, I started to become more of a fan of him again. Um, I liked what I was seeing from him, but I mean, it, it's great right now. Let me just, just, just take a moment to
1: realize that Bill drafted Sony Michelle, the worst of the three famous Georgia running backs. Before any of them, he took Sony before. Nick Chubb and Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley being a Heisman finalist that, that same draft year, and Nick Chubb he was pro- kind of the second option. But regardless, Sonny Michel was the third option in college, and I don't know why he went first overall, or not first overall, but before any of the other two.
0: Yeah, but I think also Todd Gurley was drafted like a draft two before Michel and Chubb, because um, I remember Chubb having his like breakout junior senior years or something like that with Georgia after Gurley left people were saying what's georgia gonna do now without Gurley?" and nick chubb came right back in and filled up that role like Gurley i remember never there left. was
1: a video it was nick chubb broke out like a 50 yard run at georgia and then he gets tackled by this tennessee player and his knee like bends inward so it was pretty god oh, god i hate that don't talk about that stuff
0: um but yeah i mean it, it that, that it that draft didn't make sense um a little confusing because also again before they took Sony Michelle like nine picks before that they took another tri- Georgia player Isaiah Wynn and look at how his yeah. look at how his career is panning out not great so yeah that draft was I wouldn't say it's a bust but it wasn't good either um, but this past draft uh, a lot of hype was going into what the Patriots would do with that first pick first round pick and they used it on Mac Jones and so far to uh it's, probably surprised me and Josh. Uh, it up to be playing incredibly
1: pretty
0: good. good pick. Yep. The so. one
1: thing I noticed about Mac Jones is that he's incredibly poised in the pocket. It seems like he's he's definitely got like a veteran side to him. You know, yeah. I think playing with, playing for Nick Saban and playing for such a, a top school at Alabama and playing with Al, or NFL ready players already, has helped him with the transition to the NFL make it a lot easier.
0: Yeah. That was one of the better things that, like, scouts were talking about. Mac Jones was, his like, knowledge of the playbook, like this guy. The guy knows what he's doing out there, um, and yeah, I mean, I'd I'd probably say that's some credit to uh, the whole Nick Saban Alabama team. Um, but I mean, again, we had our doubts. We were like talking, like, just he's played one year was probably one of the best offenses of all time. This year's out. This past year's Alabama. Offense, and we were just concerned about that. Um, But after the draft, I started getting one over. So I said I became, I officially hopped on the Mac Jones hype train after the draft. Um, And I'm still on it. But Josh, I want to ask you are you officially going to jump on the hype train? Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I never want to wish failure on a player, especially a Patriots player. Um, I will admit that I was. I'm not. eh, I'm not going to say it fully, but I could be wrong about the Mac Jones draft choice. Don't get me wrong; I still like Justin Fields. Um, He he had another great game on Saturday. I think it was for the Bears.
0: Yeah, he's playing well.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, actually, Mac Jones is definitely proving me wrong. Uh, I'll say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong. He's on like a revenge tour of sorts. Um the guy's like play, the guys literally Pre- playing
1: preseason revenge tour.
0: I mean literally like the guys playing better than everyone thought he was going to be playing. Definitely, definitely. Um and I mean he he deserves all the credit for putting in the work effort. Essick, um putting in the effort. That guy deserves to have a roster spot and he's almost absolutely going to be on the roster this upcoming season. Um the question is what's the playing time going to look like? Is he going to get that's, any playing time?
1: There's, uh, I forget who it was, but there was a source close to the Patriots camp that says it's still an open QB competition. Yeah, um, um, Mac. I, jo- I mean, they're both splitting first team reps, Cam and Cam and Mac. Um, but Mac Jones still doesn't have any throwing touch, passing touchdowns in in any preseason game, and Cam had one the other night. Not saying that that's going to tip the scales in any way, but honestly, it could. It was more of a running game against the Eagles just because, obviously, we killed them 35 to nothing, and uh, Mac didn't get to showcase anything in the second half just because of the score. But I don't know. I would like to see Mac start week one, but if Cam gets it and he can prove people wrong just like Mac is doing in, during camp, then so be it. I just want the Patriots to win.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's the end game. You always want to see the Patriots win. Um... But right now, with the whole issue of who's going to be the number one starting quarterback for the Patriots, Um, we've seen Mac Jones and Cam Newton go back and forth. Uh, For the next five days, it will be Mac Jones, who is the number one quarterback on the roster. Uh, The story goes for his Cam is that he left the New England region to go to get some type of medical treatment assessment, uh, whatever it was, Um, and he apparently broke the rules, uh, when it comes to doing that. Um, you can't like leave, um, to go get like medical attention outside of your team, uh, cause it breaks the COVID protocol rules. Uh, so he thought he, would, he thought he did the right thing by going to get another, uh, COVID test like on his own, not like a team mandated one, cause he's apparently not vaccinated. Um, and that just added insult to injury, and now he is going to be out for a number of days. Um, the Patriots released a whole statement. Um, I don't believe it one bit. I, for them to say that it was just a little bit of misunderstanding, I'd say it's they're trying to like cover up for Cam. They want Cam to do so good. He promotes Belichick, saying all these nice things about one of the harshest coaches in the league. Um, I don't believe them with this statement at all. I say it's just a load of – well, for one thing, it's a load of shit. And second off, it's just them – it literally is just them covering up for Cam. His mistake, he did not know what he was doing. Or well, maybe, I, he, I, knew, maybe I, I, he knew he what he was doing, but he went ahead and did it anyways, knowing that there was going to be some type of repercussion, which is him not practicing, not being able to go to the joint practices with the Giants that they got coming up in a couple of days. And now Mac Jones has got to take over, which is good for him. It benefits him because it gives him more time to prepare and practice and get used to NFL offenses. But at the same time, it also just shows Cam probably has like a lack of awareness. Um, he's uh, naive
1: to probably the whole situation that we have going on for the past two That's years. That's what I'm saying. Listen, so I agree that they're, that they're covering up for Cam, but I don't think it's the reason that you think it is. I think uh, with – everything about the vaccinations and vaccines, the benefits that, that come with it. I think they're trying to save the embarrassment for Cam because he is openly anti-vax and he, he's been against the vaccine ever since it came out. Um, and, but obviously the NFL is trying to push the safety and, of the players and trying to push the vaccine on everybody. And obviously Cam hasn't gotten it, so he probably tested positive for COVID and that's why they're saying it's complications. He's going to be out a lot longer than five days. Really? See,
0: I haven't, t- I, yeah. I haven't taken, I haven't taken that to, I haven't taken it that far. I'm just saying that the I, Patriots no, are covering really up for him. I
1: think it's they're trying to save face for the the Patriots are trying to save face of themselves, and it's kind of an uh, kind of an embarrassment to have a player that's openly anti-vax, test positive, and it is just a little ironic, you know. Because there's teams that are, there's I think there's only one hundred percent completely vaccinated team and that's the falcons yeah there's several that are 90 percent and up vaccinated i don't know what the patriots numbers look like but it's it's just a little ironic to have a the whole entire league pushing pushing for vaccination a team pushing for vaccination and then your starting quarterback being anti-vaccine and testing positive it's just it's a whole bad situation i think that's what's going on
0: yeah but i mean to me it's also I don't know. Uh, To me, it just sounds like the Patriots coming up for him because it also says he traveled to a Patriots-approved medical appointment that's outside the New England region, went up in Boston, the great state of Massachusetts. We got literally, you can't walk him out without walking into a hospital or some type of medical research facility. Like, for him to have had to leave Massachusetts to go get medical treatment somewhere when he could have just done it up there in Boston, that's like the medical capital of the world, I He's mean, it just, it just doesn't make sense to
1: me. That, that deals with shoulder pain or whatever it is. Oh, we don't have that up here? If it's a Patriot, no, it's, yeah, if no, it's, Patriot, I, no, it's approved. Why is it in, like, Massachusetts? But when, but when you're a top-tier, high-profile NFL star, you, you get your certain guys that that you like to get treated by. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you that he probably could have gotten the same treatment somewhere in Boston or the New England area.
0: Yeah. Um. Then again, for him, for him to have chosen his his personal, like, doctor or, I don't know, therapist or something like that, for him to have cho- gone to his own personal one instead of, like, a team one. Which, in that case, if he went to the team one, he probably wouldn't have to deal with the COVID protocols that he's stuck in now. So he exactly. chose the personal one, sort of the team one, and now he's got like, face the issues that This come also on might be
1: that. the NFL cracking down um, on the non-vaccinated, you know? Because there's a lot of, a lot of uh, benefits came towards players if they were to be vaccinated. They don't. They're not subjected to testing or these these um, protocols that a lot of the players have to go to if they're not vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that does make sense. But um, then again, like, for him to have really put the Patriots in this situation, I, I know he's... It's not good th- leadership. Oh, no, not at all. And, it, I mean, that's perfect for what I'm about to say. Him choosing... To go to his own personal one, to have the team one. One, it shows the lack of leadership, which, for a starting quarterback, you don't want that to happen. So I'd say like the the worst thing to happen to Cam right now, which I mean I'm completely, I'm completely on board with, because one he's a starting quarterback and if he ever gets tested positive, you're, the Patriots are fucked. So right now, if I'm the Patriots, I'm addressing it and I'm cutting him. I'm getting him off the team. He's a liability. He's in. The, he will be in the way if he ever tests positive. And look at if you look over in Minnesota, you got Kirk Cousins. I know he's a Spartan dog, and I hate to rat on him right now, but he's also anti-vax. And Mike Zimmer, the head coach, he is not happy about that because if he loses him, they're fucked. And Vikings, uh, tell so,
1: mind your boy steps up.
0: oh yeah. So I mean, it's a win, it's win-win if. Her cousin stays. He stays. If if he leaves, we got Kellen Mond. That works out well. Um, But the like the Vikings, they're like one of the worst vaccinated teams in the country or in the league, like the lowest. Yeah, and they got like some like uh, expert coming in to talk to the team, like get vaccinated or stuff like that.
1: Um, See, I don't think not. No, no, I'm not gonna say not. Not gonna bring politics into the podcast. (laughs) I'm I'm completely fine with that, Josh. but,
0: like, for the team, if, he, if, if, a court, if the quarterback tests positive for any team, they're, not, they're in trouble unless you've got a deep quarterback room, which not many teams do. But unless they have a good depth chart at quarterback, they, they're in trouble. And so if the Patriots starts to lose Cam, they could be in trouble, especially if Mac is not ready to play in legit, real football. Um, so if I'm the Patriots, I'm addressing it now. I'm cutting Cam. Uh, and I'm making Mac Jones the permanent starter, and Jared Siddham will finally be known as the backup quarterback. That's just the only way that I look at it. It, it. What Cam did is not a smart decision, and we've seen it before from him. Like last year, we saw yeah. him going out with to dinner with like Gilmore uh, during the pandemic, and like not long later, somebody one of them tested positive. I forget who. It was
1: Cam. Cam tested positive.
0: Yeah. Um. And it, 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 it's just a, probably going to be a reoccurring chain effect. It's going to happen again, and you got to address it now. You got to get him out of here. He's not good. If anything, unless he has like a Pro Bowl season this year, he's more than likely out of the league this upcoming se- after the season. So I mean, if I'm Cam right now, if I'm looking at it and just saying fuck them, I want to go do what I want. Dude, just retire. Nobody, right. nobody wants you, nobody likes you, except for like the media and other players because you're Cam Newton and you're like, the popular kid. You used
1: to be a star. You used to be an NFL MVP. It's a it's a long fall from grace.
0: Yeah. So if I'm Cam and I'm saying, fuck the Patriots, I'm going to go do what I want, like, dude, just retire or cut them. Patriots need to cut them. They have to. They, they, they can't let this happen again. And I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen again later in the season. But they're it going won't. into a game. I'm
1: willing to put put money that it will happen again.
0: Yeah, and who knows? Maybe gambling won't. Maybe gambling will finally be legal in Connecticut when that time comes, and you can actually bet on that to happen because it will happen again. So there's that. There's that little rant for today. Uh, but yeah, overall, Patriots look good. Uh, one last thing, I guess, before we get into the Red Sox, uh, free agents. Some of the free agents that the Patriots have picked up. Um outside of like the tight ends, and probably uh, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne um, and Matt Rudon, Matt Rudon especially, uh, everyone else has struggled. In fact, most of the offense has struggled. Jacoby Myers looks like your number one wide receiver again, and that's not good because you, you gave Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne all these millions of dollars, and they're probably neither of them are going to be the number one. It's going to be the same uh, wide receiver from last year. Jacoby well, I don't hired. think they're
1: getting many reps. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry's hurt. Johnny Smith is hurt, right? Isn't he?
0: Yeah, Henry is. Henry is, I know that.
1: All right, but yeah, I don't think they're getting a lot of preseason reps. Um, I'm just taking a look right now. They definitely didn't play in the in the Eagles game. I I, I don't know if they played in the born, game born against Washington. Bourne played. I know that. Did he? I don't think Aguilar did just because he's kind of a seasoned vet.
0: I mean, you still want to see – I still want to see him play. Like, you got to give him thing that with, time. Uh, uh,
1: just talking about the wide receiver room since we're on the subject. Nikhil Harry. What's he out? Four to five weeks, I said, for uh, his shoulder. Yeah. Mac Jones, dime, right in the bread basket. Nikhil Harry dives for no reason, lands on his shoulder the wrong way, and drops it, most important uh, thing right there. He drops the ball. That would have put us on the five-yard line. Mac Jones probably would have gotten another touchdown right there, or his first passing touchdown right there. But instead, we have Nikhil Harry with more injuries and more disappointment. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he's – yeah. Good thing is that the only thing he needs is, like, rest. Um, That's all – he doesn't need, like, surgery or anything, so that's good. But obviously that's a little – a little bit disappointing. And, yeah, Nelson Aguilar hasn't played at all. Maybe he has, but there's no stats uh, associated to him in these two preseason
1: games. Um, he's got one catch for 19 yards against the Eagles. I don't know how he did against the, the football really? team, but I don't, I don't see anything for Aguilar,
0: Aguilar. Oh, I was talking about Harry. Harry? Oh no, I was talking about Nelson no. Aguilar. Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think he played. Bro, I, I, why is he not, why is he not playing? He should by now.
1: Because he's a seasoned bet. That
0: doesn't mean anything. You've got to get everyone out there for at least a I couple know. reps and a little bit of target practice. And that's not happening with Aguilar. What's up with that? I want to see this guy. I want to see how he does. Does he, does he have butter hands again, or is he going oh. to catch balls?
1: Butter hands never leaves. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what it sounded like during the practice, uh, during training camps, was that his butter hands came back. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully that's not the case. But I, why hasn't he played in the preseason? Hopefully that changes because, it. I mean, it should change by now. But in any case, uh, we also had um, Jalen Mills, the free agent safety signing. Um, He has not looked that great, not at all. Uh, Really the only bright spot is Matt Judon. He looks like a good uh, stud who's going to be here for a couple years and lead the offensive line um, for – However long he's here. Uh, because he he looks like the one bright spot right now. Kendrick Bourne looks like a little bit of an issue. I was not a fan of the signing. I felt like that was a little too much money for a guy I'd never heard of before. Um, and I, maybe the stats are starting to back me up on that. But overall, right now, the uh, free agency class so far is not performing to where they should, should have by now. And that needs to change immediately. All right. Um, that's it for the Patriots. Let's get over to the Red Sox. Uh, quick update. The game is still tied 4-4 in the 10th
1: inning. Um, Raffy just hit a double, an RBI double to uh, tie the game, actually. So we were losing ah, at the top of 10. That's great. But, um, losing yeah. to the Rangers. So Rafi coming through to save the day. We'll see if we can pull it out. Oh, okay. End of 10. We're going to the top of the 11th. Nice. If we lose, I'm not going to be surprised
0: because this team has been god-awful. Terrible. Terror- since they started 7-3 and three after the All-Star break, uh, they're 8-16. and 16. Uh, They're 7.5 back of the Rays for first place in the AL East, which means that the Yankees passed you for second place. Uh, and over in the wildcard standings, you are tied with Oakland Athletics for the second wildcard spot. So this team that was playing so well, that was on top of the AL East for so long, uh, could very well miss the playoffs. A team that was originally predicted to win 80 games uh, I set them at, like, 93, I think, was the total. Uh, They're they could, at
1: 70 right now.
0: I could, I, they could still hit 93, and they could miss
1: the playoffs. See, the thing is, I thought we were – I obviously, I was down on the Red Sox after the All-Star break, and I thought we were going to turn it around. And when we swept the Orioles, I thought that's where we were going to turn it around. Me too. Obviously, Yankees have been playing out of their mind lately. They swept us, but then we come back and sweep the Orioles. And then we have the Rangers – and we're we're about to lose the whole series to the Rangers. Yeah, there's I mean I don't I don't really know what's going on. It's a combination of pitching and hitting. Our offense has has really slacked these past few weeks. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, we did get Chris Kyle Schwarber his first appearances. Um, he's been he's gone sick for sixteen since he started. Uh, like three or four doubles.
1: Yeah, uh, he's been playing out of his mind, honestly.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what his stats are like today. Um, I don't know if he's playing or not, but uh, I mean, what I do know is that the only thing that I can see with him right now is offense is still there. He's still producing at the plate. Um, defensively, how is he doing at first base? I don't know. I haven't been able to really watch any of the games. Yeah, same um, here. I mean, I ha- I've been able to watch like a couple minutes of a few games. Uh, but the Wi-Fi then it just craps out. Um, so I just can't anymore. But offensively, yeah, they, they had issue it's A bunch of guys are just struggling. Um, Pitching-wise is where my biggest issues are at.
1: Let's start. I like like going back into this rotation is going to be one of the best things to happen. and Honestly, it has been for Chris Sale. He's 2-0 this year, and yeah. he's getting a bunch of run support. It really seems like the offense only shows up when Chris Sale is back. And that makes me happy. But then you take a look at other games when Hauk or, or Evaldi, Erod is, is pitching and, and there's nothing. We score one or two runs a game.
0: Yeah. In the two games that Chris Sale pitched, uh was against the Orioles uh, when we absolutely bent them over 16-2. And then the Rangers on Saturday where we won 6-0. Um, so in those two games that Chris Sale pitched, uh, the Celtics have scored 22 runs and giving up two runs, and I, I, I don't know what the total is, but I'd say probably in between those two starts from Chris Sale, uh, the Sox scored no more than at least 15. Um, and I mean that one Orioles game, like of course that number is going to be so much higher than everything else because 16 runs you don't see that that often. Um, but Chris Sale, let's talk about him for a little bit. Let's start about let's start with good stuff instead of the negative stuff. And I mean he looks good. He looks a lot better than I was expecting him to be. Uh, in the Orioles game, he went five innings, two earned runs, eight punch-outs, no walks. Uh, and then against the Rangers on Saturday, he went for another five innings, no earned runs, five strikeouts, and only one walk. Um, and I'm happy. I'm more than happy with what I've seen. I did not expect this out of him. Um, how he's always being handled, I'm also fine with. Five innings uh, in both games, I mean, that's perfectly fine with. I'm per- I'm perfectly was uh, and playing, a lot of people were upset with him being sent out against the Orioles and the Rangers when we could have gone out against the Rays and the Yankees. But personally, I mean, you want to send him out there against the weaker competition. You want him get, you want to get him back into baseball shape uh, for the first time in two years. You don't want to throw him out there against high-powered teams, um, high-powered offenses. So I'm perfectly fine with how they're
1: handling him. Handling like Chris Hale? yeah, Chris Hale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, he needs to get back into the game with weak competition. That's what's going on. But I, I don't know what our upcoming schedule looks like. Uh, I assume it's got to be someone in the division soon enough. So we'll see if he can if he can uh, dominate like he's been doing against the Rangers and the Orioles against hot teams like the Yankees and the Rays.
0: Yeah, we got Minnesota. Another crappy team after uh, the Rangers. Then after Minnesota, we got Cleveland. Another not-so-good team. Uh, then we got Tampa, and then Cleveland again, and then Tampa, and then Chicago White Sox. Um, so it's about 50-50 uh, how good or bad these teams are. That sucks. Got up next. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's really a matter of just how how the pitching does. Uh, Sale is going against Minnesota, and then he'll be going against the uh, second game against the race. Um, that's what it looks <laughs> like. So he gets another easy easy game to get back into it uh, before some real competition comes his way. But other than Chris Sale, I mean, everyone else has just been awful. Nate Avaldi, I think he pitched well today. Um, oh, he's actually been probably the second-best pitcher. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then Erod. He's been struggling. Uh, Pavetta, he's been struggling. Everyone else has been struggling. Everyone. Tanner
1: Huck has been pretty solid. Obviously, he's a young guy. But he comes out. He pitches four four to five innings, which we should be getting a lot more. But uh, Evaldi came out and pitched seven innings today of one-run baseball. And then, obviously, Red Sox choke. I don't know if Matt Barnes was closing or, or whoever it was. But the bullpen is, isn't what it was. The starting rotation isn't what it, what it, what it was. And the offense definitely isn't what it was. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, sticking with, like, the pitching, like, you should be getting more than four or five innings out of your starting pitchers. Oh, yeah. On a nightly basis, it should be six or seven, maybe sometimes five. Uh, but with how the Sox have been going, it's almost never six or seven. It's always four or five. Then we got to go to the bullpen and deplete them even more. Uh, so the fact that Nate Ivaldi won seven strong innings today and then bull- the bullpen blew it up, I'm really not at all surprised that that happened. Um and it's just it, it, it needs to change. It it's one of the many things that this team is doing wrong. Um and they got they I mean now the trading deadline's passed, you didn't go after any pitchers except for two not so great bullpen guys, uh and a first baseman who does not play first base. I mean that trade deadline I'm saying right now was probably a little bit of a failure. The only bright spot was Kyle Schwarber. Uh, and that really, it really was like that, the only trade that you made, was for Kyle Short where you didn't do anything else. You probably worsened your bullpen a little bit by adding two bad guys to the lineup. And when the playoffs come around, if the Sox somehow make it in, which right now is not that good of a outlook, I'd say, um, yeah, I'm concerned. I've got my concerns. There is a couple bright spots on this team. Uh, like on offense, um, Bogarts, Devers, Martinez, they're all doing good. Renfro, um, I know I haven't announced it yet on social media, but I'll just do it now, I guess. The first introduction, the first absolute fucking legend of the Boston Red Sox is Hunter Renfro. Um, I love this guy all year, and he's still going. And I i don't, I don't know I don't, exactly. I don't know when this guy's going to stop. This guy, this guy's an absolute fucking legend, and so he's going to be on the list. Uh, he was probably going to be on the list like two weeks ago when I first announced it, but he is now officially on the list, um, and I'll make that official when I hopefully at some point uh, post a list on uh, the Instagram, which you can follow. Links are always in the description of the show, so go hit those up. Twitter, Instagram, uh, and the YouTube channel, which I mean... I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But uh, to get back to the Red Sox, um, there's a couple bright spots. But the couple bright spots that they have is not enough to get this team back to where they were at, which was being like 20 games above 500 uh, and in first place. And right now you need to do a lot more to get back up to that spot. So hopefully things turn around. I don't know when they will. Uh, another score update, it is still... Uh four to four going into the bottom of the eleventh. So hopefully the Sox walk it off today. Um
1: I was am I j I'm I'm looking at the the uh the replay of Rafi's RBI double. He was about five feet from a walk off home run. Oh. Into the deepest part of Fenway, four twenty, dead center. Definitely about five feet, I definitely say. Jeez. So close. If we lose, that's not gonna be good.
0: Um but I mean, we're going to the bottom of the 11, still tied at fours, so hopefully we won't lose. But in any case, um, if we do win or lose, uh, we'll be talking about it next week. Uh, I'm surprised that we're not going to end the show, that we're going to end the show before the game ends. Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we got stuff on the internet, so let's get right into it. Josh, what do you got?
1: Okay. Baltimore Ravens, pre-storied franchise, several Hall of Fame players, two Super Bowls, um, and they're showing out in the preseason. They're on a current streak of 19 straight preseason wins. That's tying Vince Lombardi's active okay, That's tying Vince Lombardi for the most consecutive preseason wins with the 1959
0: and 1962 Packers. Wow. I didn't know that they had preseason back
1: then. They just, yeah, really, I didn't know that either. But um, they just beat Carolina 20-3 on Saturday night, and that that uh, was the 19th straight. And I don't know who they have next week, but if they do win next week, they'll have the longest consecutive winning streak in preseason history.
0: Wow. Maybe that's why John Harbaugh is sticking around for so long.
1: The preseason. <laughs> He's got a bonus
0: in the preseason. <laughs> Must be. Must be otherwise that guy probably would have been gone a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I heard about that. That's it is pro- actually really cool that they have that going on because I mean you think about the preseason like you know, nothing really ever happens. Um, teams. It's supposed to
1: just be you know younger players showing yeah, going out for a spot. It's like another and practice. If, that really that that shows me that they have a pretty bright future. I'd say.
0: Yeah. Um, so when did it start? What year? 2017. All right. Yeah. Um. It, it really is, like, cool. It's a cool, interesting, worthless stat. One of those
1: worthless stats that are actually cool. Um, oh no, 2015. September 3rd, 2015. Oh, okay. So, uh, it started with Lamar Jackson, funny enough. Oh, he's been in the um, league that long. No, no, What What am I reading? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> all right um yeah but i heard about that that's really cool uh what they got going on preseason winning streak all right we got my my from my thing um andrew Cuomo, guy's an absolute uh loser uh he resigned from the mayoral position um or not mayoral uh whatever position he held over new york governor governor great um And today he was moving out of the, like, uh, office that he's in. uh, And he left behind one thing that if I'm a human and I had a heart, I would never leave this thing behind. He left behind his dog and said, somebody else take it. I don't want it. I mean, this guy sexually harassed multiple women and... Clearly, already didn't have a heart, but now, now we're finding out that he forgot that he's intentionally leaving his dog behind. I mean, not only does he not have a heart, but he's probably
1: just like cold and dark inside. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this guy's a fucking. Shows us that that he really didn't give a shit about anybody. Didn't give a shit about a dog. Doesn't give a shit about his uh, civilians in New York. Um, and it was having a dog was kind of just a ploy to win over the state of New York and, and take office. You know, everybody loves dogs, everybody re- loves a relatable guy. Getting a dog did that just for him, and um, now that he resigned, he really doesn't have any use for the dog, which is which is shitty, which is really fucking shitty.
0: Yeah, his dog's name was Captain. Uh, he looks like a really fucking cute dog. He's a good boy. I don't know what it is, what breed it is. Uh, but just looking at the picture, I mean, he looks like, he looks like a lot of fun. Um, and to just do that to a dog of any type, I mean, like, go fuck yourself, dude. You're already a fucking loser. Like, do everyone a favor and just disappear from everyone's eyes forever. Don't ever let us hear about you again because you don't deserve anything at all. That's going to do it for us today. We're going to end the show on that high note, talking about a guy abandoning his dog. Um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. we got more sports topics to get to. Uh, Patriots, after
1: next episode, it's just looking on to the regular season, Josh. Football season's back. I'm ready. I'm excited. Football is just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, kind of just a countdown. I've, this was my uh, stuff on the internet two weeks ago. We are officially five, three days away. Thursday night kickoff for college football and five nights away from college football. Every Saturday for the next 25 weekends, we're going to have football until February. Let's get it on. Let's get it
0: on. So looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week talking more about the Patriots, Red Sox. Let's get a quick score update before the game ends or before the show ends. Uh, we got bases loaded. I believe
1: it's still 4-4.
0: Yeah, we got bases loaded, one out bottom of the 11th. I mean, if the Sox lose somehow, uh, Jesus fucking Christ. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. Josh, want to run back next week? Sounds like a plan. All right, tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mother's friends, and your friends' mothers, and we'll see you guys next week.